The scripture this morning is again from Hebrews, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Again, what a privilege to be here and, and to hear as um, Grace was telling us, to hear the word of God and to pay attention to the word of God. And um, I have heard good, good um, news, uh, good uh, comments about people calling people during the week. Uh, so I, uh, I, maybe, uh, I, I may ask you later during the week if you called someone last week or if you visit someone. But I heard that many did their homework. Even some delivered some cookies. Some were delivering some smiles at the door, at the front door of other houses. So I think that is uh, something that I want to encourage you to keep doing it during these coming weeks. I know that many, uh, many uh, this time of the year, especially with this COVID, uh, around are feeling a little bit uh, alone or are feeling a little bit depressed. Uh, just last week, Andrea um, was telling me that last past week was the, the, the blue, blue week or blue day, blue Monday or something when people feel more depressed during, these, uh, during the, the, the year. So imagine you calling someone and encouraging someone uh, during the week or visiting someone or delivering a, a little letter or some cookies, that will be like a, a family, a community in the middle of, of, this, in the, in, of this city. Amen. So Simon says right now, let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to come again to your word. And Help us, Lord, to pay attention and to listen carefully to what you are. You, you, you will speak to us this morning. Your word is for our edification, is for our correction, is for our training in righteousness. And you gave it to understand the way of salvation, which is through Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word do all these things for us by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, 
we started looking at Hebrews chapter chapter 1. And since we began studying this, uh, this letter, we have realized that Hebrews is a book centered on the person and work of Jesus. It is enough to read the first three verses to discover the theme of this letter. Jesus is better. Jesus is greater. Jesus is more excellent than the most impressive things we have ever seen. And in the case of the people of Israel, the Jewish people that were hearing this, this letter, they were thinking um, uh, about angels. But the book, this book of Hebrews, is telling us that Jesus is better. During the past week, I have had several conversations with some of you who have told me that the word better is not convincing. Jesus is not only better. Jesus is also a complete different category for, category for us, right? And my answer is, of course, you are right. Jesus is completely different to all of us. But the point of the letter of, to the Hebrews is to use the comparative word better because this was a letter originally written to people with a Jewish background. They had great respect for the Pentateuch, the five books of the law, they had, they had high regard for the law of God. They thought very, very highly of Moses as the great prophet of the Old Testament who received the law from angels and even they were they spoke with great admiration about the miracles of the Old Testament to the point that their high view of all these things was blinding them, blinding them from seeing that Jesus was better in comparison to all of these things. That is why we are using this title for this year 2022 jesus is better so in chapter one the writer of hebrews introduces jesus as supreme most excellent highly superior to everybody else and the chapter begins in hebrews chapter one verse one and says if you go to your bibles as Grace was telling us, Simon says, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who he, whom he appointed to heir all things, through whom also he created the world. The message of chapter 1 
is that God has spoken. God has spoken through his son. And his son is creator and sustainer and owner and ruler and redeemer of the world. There is nobody more superior than Jesus. You may also notice that in chapter 1 of Hebrews, we do not find any command for us. If you read verses 1 to 14, you are not going to find any command. There are no laws, exhortations, or things for us to do. Chapter 1 of Hebrews is only a presentation, a declaration, and a magnificent description of the greatness of Jesus. Some Bible commentators agree that this is one of the most beautiful theological presentations of Jesus in the whole Bible. In chapter 1, the readers, which are all of us, are invited to contemplate and worship Jesus as the rest of the creation does. But as we enter to chapter 2, the writer of the book of Hebrews introduces us to the first of five exhortations we will find in this letter. If you read chapter 1, 2, 13, which I will encourage you to do it through the week, you can divide. That's going to be the homework for this week. Read the book of Hebrews. Divide the, chap the, the 13 chapters in, during the seven days of the week. Or, if you want to read it at once, read it is going to take 38 minutes. Very, uh, one hour a week. That's almost nothing. But if you read this letter, 13 chapters, you are going to find that the book contains five exhortations. And this morning, we are going to see the first exhortation that we find in the book of Hebrews. So, chapter 1, after presenting the doctrine about Jesus, we, we see the first practical application that comes from the doctrine of Jesus. Remember, chapter 1, there is no command in the first, in the first chapter. It's just worship and just adore the Son, the Son of God. So let's go then to chapter 2, verse 1, and start saying this. Therefore, we must pay attention. No, 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 I'm sorry. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. To pay much closer attention to what? Well, if we go again to chapter 1, chapter 1 starts 
in the first verse saying, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophet, but, verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Therefore, now we are responding the question in verse 2, in verse 1 of chapter 2, and says, therefore, God has spoken through by his son. Therefore, we must pay much attention. The word of God never leaves theology hanging in the air. The author of Hebrews is going now to answer the question, so what? What does it have to do with me that God now speak through his son? Well, now that God has spoken by the son, we must pay closer attention to the son because there are consequences if we don't pay closer, much closer attention to the son. And then there in verse 1, we find a consequence. Lest we drift away from it. So let's talk a little bit about the word drifting. The word drifting is not referring to someone taking a nap on a boat on a lake while the boat drifts away a little. And you are reclined there with your hat on your, on your face, you know, with the breeze. That is not the meaning of drifting here. The meaning of drifting is when a boat is on a dangerous river current with no control of the outcome. Here, the problem with drifting away is that it happens on its own without any effort. You just leave the boat, and there's going to be the current of the river who is going to take away the boat. The first readers of Hebrews were drifting away from Jesus. They were moving slowly to see angels, tradition, and all rituals, and without noticing, they were, they were moving slowly but surely away from the Son of God. And the same happens in the Christian life. Drifting happens very, very easily and without perceiving it in the Christian life. That's why the writer, the book of Hebrews, were telling to the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, you need to give, we need to pay much attention to what we have heard. A Bible commentator says, many things 
can lead us to drift. It could be suffering which derails our faith or opposition which make us want to give up or busyness which distract us from our spiritual life. It could be holding on to sin instead of repenting. These things can draw us away from God. C.S. Lewis illustrates this in his book, The Screwtape Letters, in which one demon, this is the story of one demon training another demon. And in this book, he's writing some letters and giving advices. And one of these, as his advice to the other demon is this. The safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot without sudden turning, without milestone, without signpost. That is the safest road to hell. Because of that, Hebrews is telling us the first exhortation the first practical thing that we can do is to pay much attention. To pay much attention requires intentional work. The New Testament describes the life of faith, faith as a fight, as a race, and a feeling which a farmer labors day and night. In various, various places, the apostle Paul says, I press on, I follow after, I strive, I fight. Because it requires intentional work. Of course, salvation is not by our own effort, which is the point of chapter 1 of Hebrews. Our salvation is a complete work done by Jesus from beginning to end, and there is no place for us there. So you see in chapter 1, he's just presenting and introducing Jesus to all of us. There is nothing we can do in order to receive salvation. It is done only by Jesus, the Son of God. So in the beginning, faith is passive. And we do not act but rest upon Jesus' work for our salvation. But once we have received salvation, faith is active and implies working diligently. diligently. J.C. Ryle, in his book Holiness, says this. 
I will never shrink from declaring my belief that there are no spiritual gains without pains. I should as soon expect a farmer to prosper in business who contented himself with sowing his field and never looking at them till harvest. I suspect a believer to attain much holiness who was not diligent about his Bible reading, about his prayer, and the use of his Sunday. Can I just read that once more? Ryle says, I will never shrink from declaring my belief that there are no spiritual gains without pains. I should as soon expect a farmer to prosper in business who contented himself with sowing his field and never looking at them till a harvest as expect a believer to attain much holiness who was not diligent about his Bible reading, his prayers, and the use of his Sundays. It is a dangerous thing not to pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Look at the danger of drifting in verse 2 and 3. And 3 says in verse 2 and 3, For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant had to be taken most seriously. Even though, as we saw last Sunday in Hebrews 1, it was delivered, it was delivered by angels and not by the Son of God. That covenant was a valid covenant and a covenant to be taken seriously in the Old Testament. So every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. The readers of the letter of Hebrews quickly understood this illustration. And some well-known well -known examples came to their minds. They remember Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, who rebelled against Moses and were swallowed up into the earth. You remember that illustration? That example? Aaron's son, Nadab, and Abihu, were consumed by fire because they came into the presence of God with strange fire. And a whole generation of Israelites who did not trust the Lord, who did not pay close attention to the word of God, were made to wander for 40 years in the wilderness and then to die 
in the wilderness. Those are examples of those who did not pay attention in the Old Covenant. And then you can continue reading in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, and you will find more of those examples. The point is that drifting is a dangerous thing in Christian life too. If we reject Jesus, we will too be held accountable. Hebrews tells us that if God gave just retribution when his message was rejected in the Old Testament, how much do you think he will give just retribution if we reject the word that is given to us by his son? There is a parable in the, Old, in the New Testament about that. He sent messengers, and they stoned the messengers, and when the owner of this place sent his son, they killed the son. What do you think, asked at the end of this parable, the owner will do to this evil man? But that is why Hebrews is exhorting. Hebrews exhort us to pay closer, much closer attention. God has spoken to us by his son. So we must listen to the gospel preached by Jesus and then this gospel was announced to the ends of the earth through his disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was announced and then it was written for all of us so that we can read and pay closer attention to what the Son was telling us. Abide my words, were say, Jesus said. You remember? Keep my words. And then to his disciples, preach this message of the gospel till the, till the ends of the earth. That's what we read in verses 3 and 4. And verses 3 and 4 says, How shall we escape? if we neglect such a great salvation. And continues, it was declared at first by the Lord, and there is by the Lord Jesus, and then it was attested to us by those who heard, means his disciples. And while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according, according to his will. What the writer of Hebrews is telling us here is that his word, these written words, is reliable. 
We can trust what we have received. These men were so faithful in passing the message of the gospel that they even died for that message. It's so re reliable that you can trust it because men and women die to pass on the gospel message to all of us. But listening to the message of the gospel is rare in our days. Do you know that? Many Christians prefer to listen to motivational speeches rather than the gospel. Many want power from God to change their life and to have an assurance of their salvation, but not many believers seem interested in going deeper in their understanding of the gospel message preached through the scriptures. Few study the word of God with diligence, and some seek to come closer to God through supernatural experiences but never open their Bibles to know Jesus. But look at the emphasis of the writer of Hebrews. Therefore, therefore, if you don't want to drift away, you must do you see the force there? You must pay much. I don't know if you see the, the magnitude. You must and then much closer attention to what we have heard. The message that we must not Neglect is the message of this great salvation of Jesus Christ. He is the message of God. You and I, we can escape of the just retribution of God by embracing Jesus. who offered himself as the solution to our problem with sin. God is introducing to all of us in chapter 1 the escape from the just retribution of God. And he says, he is the son. Listen to him. In the transfiguration, you remember that mount? Jesus, Jesus was there. Moses was there. The biggest of the prophet. With Elijah in the other hand. With the guy who did most miracles in the Old Testament. Or the biggest miracles in the Old Testament. Both of them, they were there in a voice. From, a voice from heaven came and says, 
This is my son. Listen to him. Obey him. This is the message clearly laid out for us through the scriptures. Listen to the Son. Pay much closer attention to the Son. What is the meaning of all this for us? To pay close attention is to read, is to study, to memorize, and to hide God's word in our hearts. And is to take every thought, First Corinthians says, every thought captive to obey Christ. The more we read this book, the more we understand our need to know Jesus better. The more we read it, the more we understand the way of salvation. And the more we know who is Jesus and what he has done for us, the more we love him and walk towards him instead of drifting away. I have noticed in my own life that only takes not reading God's word only takes neglecting my prayer life to start drifting away. Suddenly, I am entangling my own thoughts in my own problems, in my own situations, and I... I'm discouraged. And doing nothing is the worst thing that we can do. Because we drift away. It only takes entertaining ourselves with our own agenda to find ourselves cold and apathetic, questioning God's goodness, God's justice, and God's love. So that's why the first exhortation we find in this book is listen. Pay much closer attention to what you have heard. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And as we see in this last song, 
it says, trust and obey. There is no other way to follow Jesus is to press on, is to fight, is to go even when we are not feeling that we continue, we should continue pressing on. But it's trust and obey. Listen to the Son. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for this word of exhortation that you are presenting to us through the book of Hebrews. We pray that our hearts will be encouraged that your word is reliable, that your word is truth, that what it says about you is what we need to listen and to obey. Lord, help us. If our arms are tired, help us if our mind is confused. Help us if we are drifting away that we find, we, we cannot find a way to come back. Help us to start by coming in repentance and asking your help. Give us love for your word. Love for a communion with you in prayer. And a love for being encouraged through our community of faith that we have here at First Come. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. Trust and obey. <laughs>